This is Friends After Five, a podcast featuring two coworkers who will hop on this podcast after five as friends. We share our experiences as third culture kids while highlighting voices amongst our fellow Asians and people of color. Hi, everyone. I'm Steph. And I'm Tina. Welcome back to another episode of Friends After Five. Steph, how was your weekend? I heard it was pretty busy. For those of you who don't know, I went back to college and did a game day with my sister. Wait, what is game day? For the people who went to college who didn't party. Okay, Sophia, do you want to take it away? (laughs) Game day, I feel like it's a big day rager. So you're basically drinking all day and listening to like house music and going to frats and passing out after like noon yeah Sophia (laughs) summed it up perfectly that's literally what happened nothing has changed the music was the same the people were almost the same the trends everyone's wearing kind of different stuff and I was like oh like I feel like I've been in corporate America for so long that I'm like so modest now and I'm like looking around I'm like oh oh no (laughs) like I was literally wearing a long sleeve shirt (laughs) Do they still do like the same shirts for like all the girls in the same sorority and stuff like that? Or is that not a thing anymore? Not as big of a thing. I think people were wearing kind of like trendier shirts. Like this one girl Mm. had cowboy boots on and they look super cool. And then they had like disco pants and like other stuff. So I thought it was really cool that everyone was super unique versus I think when we were in college back then, everyone would wear like the same shirt, like the same kind of tops, the same bottoms. True. It sounds like something I see in the movies that I've never actually gotten to experience. In it's real never life. too late. To <laughs> <laughs> My sister is in college for two more years. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm gonna turn 30 next month. Nobody has to know. (laughs) That's true. Nobody has to know. No, but the funniest part is that people thought that I was my sister's little. (laughs) Because they didn't recognize me and they're like, oh, are you her little? And I'm like, oh, like, no, I literally graduated. (laughs) I want a compliment. I know. I was flattered. Um, I I feel like if you came, Tina, you could also be a little. No. (laughs) Thanks, little stuff. I appreciate that. But the funniest thing I wanted to tell you guys about was that So we like obviously met people and my sister is super friendly because these are all her friends, you know, and her her friends, friends. But I was just being the bigger sister, like watching out for her, being more sober and like babysitting, (laughs) babysitting, making sure everybody was good. I was like, you good? Like, we're good. Here's some water. (laughs) No, but this one guy apparently texts my sister's friend and was like, hey, I think your sister is really cute, but they've been telling all the frats that my sister's friend and my sister are like sisters so then we're like which sister is he talking about is he talking about sarah or stephanie (laughs) and like in my head i'm like and i literally said out loud i'm like oh i'm 25 like it's not gonna work (laughs) and then like later on i was like Okay, but like it's probably my sister because I was like, you know, just being standoffish. <laughs> Wait, but wouldn't it be you? Because don't they already know everyone else? Well, I think he's only met my sister like one or two times. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it probably was her. And yeah, yeah, it was definitely her because I'm like, <laughs> I looked at what I was wearing to like a long sleeve shirt. Like, like all the way up to my neck I'm like why did I assume it was me like I'm so confident I was like oh I'm 25 oh and I have a long-term boyfriend I'm sorry I'm taken I'm not available not available well the girl like my sister's friend was actually like oh he's actually older he's 22 he's not that young (laughs) when I was like saying I was 25 I'm still older so she was still rooting for him in a way but then once she found out she's like oh you guys both have boyfriends like perfect I'll just tell him like unavailable oh, yeah. because both of you guys are taken anyways I'll just tell him Sorry. unavailable <laughs> wait was it cute though that's the real question wait do you even know what he looks like yeah yeah I think he was like pretty cute if I was 18 oh, oh, like, you know, younger. 
thought I was in college still. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. You still got it, Steph. You still got it. Well, <laughs> I'm confirmed. That sounds great, though, Steph. Thanks. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Did you pass out? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Miss, oh, I was taking care of everybody. I was being the big sister. I was, I was babysitting everyone. But I also passed out, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's like a group thing. Like, if everyone's going to nap at 12 wow. and, like, uh-huh. you're going to do it, too. Right. <laughs> How much did you drink, Steph? Um, not that much. <laughs> not that much at all. So we are good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I get the feeling that I don't believe you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> Offline. Yeah, when you get to my age, it's actually true. Can't drink as much well you drink more than anyone here shut up (laughs) (laughs) frequency wise but not volume wise yeah so let's wrap it up we have my best friend sophia here with us sophia has made multiple pivots in her life and career she's resilient hardworking, and never afraid to speak up and stand up for what is right welcome sophia we're so glad to have you and so nice to meet you as well Can you just start off by talking a little bit about your upbringing and what it was like moving to America at a young age? Of course. And thank you for having me. Basically, like Steph said, I have kind of moved a lot. But I was born in Guatemala, moved to the U.S. when I was eight, lived there for like 16 years, and then came back to Guatemala like two years ago. But yeah, and it's always been my mom and I. Um, My dad died when I was really little, and then now... My mom remarried. Um, that's one of the reasons why we like moved here. That is a lot. So when you were eight, do you remember it being difficult to adjust to America or like being confused with the move? Or were you just kind of like, I'm ready, like I'm ready to go? No, I was definitely confused. I do have a clear image of the day that our friends like took us to the airport and one of my friends she was like look at these houses it's last time you're gonna see these houses and I was like eight you know and I was like oh my god you're totally right so I was like really paying attention and everything um but then also when I moved to the U.S. like I didn't really know English like I did because I, I went to like a bilingual school but right when I left or like moved, we were going to start speaking the language. So I basically only really knew like vocabulary, but I didn't know how to speak it. I didn't know how to conjugate and stuff like that. So that was like definitely the hardest part of moving. And then also like I went to an all-girl school. So I also had that element of like co-ed. So that was kind of like a shock for me overall. That's a lot to deal with at eight years old. That's for sure. Yeah. I definitely would have just cried a lot at eight <laughs> years old. That's my coping mechanism. I mean, yeah, like, and then there was also like the bullying because oh. I was born with cleft palate. I've had like a lot of surgeries on my face and stuff. So that's always been like a thing that happened to me when I was younger, where like kids were like, like, why is your like mouth like that? Or like, why is your nose like that? Or like, why are your teeth like that? You know, and when you're little, like that obviously affects you a lot. I'm sorry, Sophia. That's so shitty. Kids are so (laughs) shitty. I guess I look at it now from like an adult perspective. And I feel like you're just so innocent. Like you don't really know like what's right or wrong. Or like you don't really take social cues. I don't know. I feel like now I kind of don't blame them. At the moment, at the time, it was like hurtful. But now it's like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're a big person, Sophia. Yeah, I wish I could (laughs) take the high (laughs) road. <laughs> this is why Steph's in therapy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like we we've all been there. Yeah, more we often than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then you like get to go like a thick skin too. That's true. We're working on that though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How was it like to move? back to Guatemala after being in America for so long because I know you had pretty much culture shock when you moved here when you were eight and then moving back you said two years ago yeah how was that like it was interesting because I feel like I had a memory of what Guatemala was like from when I was little and I lived here 
so now when I came back, it was also like a completely different situation. I wasn't even coming back to like the neighborhood that I lived in. Like I was coming back to a completely different neighborhood. So that was also kind of a change. And then in America, or I feel like with undocumented people and all that, like you're always kind of like trying to like hustle and like you're always working on something and doing something. So I think more than just the cultural shock, it was also kind of just like, well, I've been hustling like all my life. Like I've been like working, studying or like doing something and then just coming and then not having a job, like not studying, like not having friends, like all of that was kind of like difficult to deal with because it was like, okay, like what do I do? I literally was sending out CVs or resumes. I was probably like applying to like 50 places every day because I was just so desperate. I just needed to do something. I enrolled in my master's program within a month of coming here because I was like, I just need to do something. Like I need to do (laughs) anything, anything to just like get out of the house, like anything to do, like start my life. I think that was like the biggest thing. And obviously like just like little things, like when I started working, like people here greet you with a hug and a kiss. And I feel like (gasps) I remember like the first few times I would like get real stiff and I was like, what the hell are they doing? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) And then now I feel like if I don't do it, it feels weird. Interesting. But I mean, with COVID too, though. Well, I came back in Guatemala in May 2019. So I did Mm. like experience a good couple of months of regular life. And then with COVID, yeah, obviously you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> but even then, like, even with your, like, close family, like, you still kind of, like, hug and, like, kiss. Like, kiss on the cheek, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, how does that work? So, like, okay, so say I walk into work and I see my manager, I'm like, hug, <laughs> like, kiss on the cheek, what's up, dude? <laughs> you would come into the office. I-, I was usually one of the first ones to get there, so like, everyone was saying hi to me. But everyone would come and they'd be like, hi, good morning. And be like, Mwah. and like, it would just like hug you. And it was just weird. I don't know. It's still no, weird. That's sweet. I like that. Wait, so do you do both sides or just one? No, just one. Okay. Because I think the French, they do both sides, yeah, right? I think. I'm not I'm sure. Less chance of COVID. Yeah, less chance of COVID <laughs> if you only do one. Yeah. <laughs> do you do that now? Like back? No. Well, no, 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 not with everyone. Like I do it with like my close like work friends. What if one thinks you're close and one thinks you're not? Like, what if you think they're you're close, but they don't think you're close? So it's like, Um, you go in and they're like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that hasn't happened to me because I'm usually like a very like reserved and shy person. Oh. I just wait for that to come to me. Oh, <laughs> oh that's okay, smart. You wait for them to do that's it. That's smart. Gotcha. And then if they do it, then you're like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we're on those terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Knowing me, I'd be like, Whoa. And then, then they'd be like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like just personally, like knowing stuff, like stuff would not like that. Like you're not, you're not a touchy person. I don't like being touched. Yeah, exactly. I know. I forgot that a few times, and I like went in for a hug. I remember you were like so stiff. I was like, hmm, she probably doesn't like me. And then later, I was like, oh yeah, she doesn't like hugs. Well, I always turned it into the side hug. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> And I feel like it's so interesting because I definitely, like, I'm a person who, like, loves to, like, touch people. Like, I need to, like, hug you or, like, like touch you or something. Like, I'm very touchy. So I feel like it was weird not having that with stuff. And it was, like, very <laughs> clearly marked. I think I hugged you once and I felt it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think we definitely <laughs> hugged before you were moving. That wasn't awkward. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but it, it's definitely always like, okay, like this is like a special occasion. Like on the birthday, I'm like coming in for the <laughs> Christmas. <Yeah>. Good <laughs> Goodbyes. Goodbyes. <laughs> Before she's leaving thousands of miles away. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a full hug. I guess going back to the cultural thing, since we got so stuck on <laughs> the physical touch and what that was like. So what is shopping like there? And like, what is the restaurant scene like? What's the going out scene? Fill us in. Okay, well, I think with the going out scene, I definitely don't have that much experience just because of mostly COVID. 
But restaurants, I feel like it's pretty standard, like pretty normal to like LA, where there's like the like high end restaurants, and then there's like the little like trendy ones. Although a lot of things here are handled through like Instagram and Facebook. Like there's no Yelp for you to like research like all the reviews <gasps> and stuff. So like that was such like a mind blowing thing to me because I love Yelp. I like spent all my time on Yelp. You have to go through like Facebook or you have to like look at their Instagram. And then like not all of them have like good Instagram or like good Facebook <laughs> page. So it's difficult to like find pretty trendy places sometimes. What helps a lot is if you like keep looking for restaurants, eventually like Instagram will get it and like give you promotions on like the uh, restaurants. Because uh, I always have a list of places I want to go try. Same. Yeah, we have a shared one stuff. I know. I still update it. Oh, you have a shared page for restaurants? Oh, no, just like things we want to go like to. Like notes on your iPhone. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's so cute. Yeah, so that's like with restaurants and then going out, but we're just not the safest place. So you don't really want to be out at night too much um, just because it's like, dangerous and then also uber is not that common here there's like a lot of ubers and stuff but it's mostly used for like commute to work it's not as used for like going out and stuff like it is in la and sf and then also one of the things that i noticed the most is like drinks are really expensive here i don't know if it's just like the number amount that makes it have a shock value but like one of the first times i went out I think a beer was like 80 Qs or 80 Catalas, and I think it was like $10 or something. But just because of the 80, it seemed like so much money to me, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, I'm never drinking here again. And then you also have to like be careful where you go because a lot of places that are nice tend to have like a lot of drug dealer people. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so you also have to like be careful where you go. How do you ensure your safety though? Do you have, I don't know, like pepper spray on you or like is there a lot of police around or is that something you have to personally handle? No, you definitely have to like personally look out for your safety and then also like be logical. Like don't be out at night at midnight. Set your boundaries, you know. Don't go past 10 p.m. or something or like go with a group. And then obviously, like, don't drink too much. Like, always be aware of your surroundings and stuff like that. And, like, let someone know where you are at all times. Wow. I mean, yes, that's something we should be doing in America, too. But Yeah, it's like, that's, that's pretty common. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, for sure. But it's definitely a lot more, it's a lot lighter here or not as. Yeah. Yeah. You're just not aware. Yeah. Like, you're very, like, nonchalant about all mm -hmm. these things, I feel like. Safety is something we kind of take for granted like I'm not scared of like yeah. taking uber or I mean obviously I wouldn't be going around late at midnight by myself like I would still like get drunk and be you know not scared for my <laughs> life even though I should be I guess and also like DUIs don't really exist here the culture is very much like if you can kind of drive you're good <laughs> wow <laughs> That's also another added factor that you have to think about when you're out at night. Like all the drunk people. Oh, wow. <laughs> driving. Oh, wow. So that doesn't exist. That's <laughs> so funny. No wonder Uber and Lyft are not popular there. Yeah, <laughs> they not need it. Drive drunk. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Wow. What do you think is the hardest factor you've had to transition back into? I think it's just like a social life. And that's also like the added factor of COVID and stuff. But I think people here usually go to one school their entire life. So all of their friends are people that they've known since they were five years old. And then it goes like their university friends. And then those people, it's like us, like we went to university and we made friends with like those people for like four or five years. But I feel like that's like very much ingrained into the society where it's like, your friend group is people you've known your entire life. So coming like at a later stage in life is definitely a lot more difficult to like make yourself a group of friends. So work has been really great with that because I feel like we're all very much in the same age group. So we like tend to like have the same interests. 
But then like university, I basically am taking my master's online. So I only really know the same five, six people, which kind of defeats the purpose of a master's program because part of it is you want to network. And then for me, it was also like, well, yeah, I want to network and I want to make friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that has been the biggest struggle, just finding a way to make friends. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially as you get older. This is what all my older colleagues told me all the time was as you get older, I was in my mid-20s. I was your guys' age (laughs) back in the day. Love throwback. (laughs) When I was your age. They would always tell me, oh, as you get older, your friend group's going to shrink because people are going to start coupling off, starting families. So now that I am older and I'm going to be 30, I still do have my solid group of friends, but I would definitely say making new friends is definitely more challenging just because everyone does have their group already, like you mentioned, Sophia. So it's a little little bit harder to cross that infiltrate. Yeah, exactly. So it's not impossible, though, for sure. But you just really have to make an effort. And then the thing is, people have to make an effort back. And sometimes that's not always the case, unfortunately. And then also something that I noticed, and I don't know if it's just for the people that I that I used to know, because I did keep in touch with a group of people, people that I lived with in the same neighborhood and like people I went to school with when I was here. But a lot of them have also proceeded to the next stage in their lives. So a lot of my friends already have kids and it's like, okay, how can I relate to you? You can't go out because you have responsibilities and you're not always available. I understand like it's totally fine, but it's like we're also at different stages in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you have kids, life is over. No, it's not. Don't say that. Life as you know it is over. Okay. I have heard that as well, that you may be really good friends as you're growing up you know, but if you have kids at different ages and they're not the same age or similar age, then it's like really hard to connect and talk about things because your kids are your life. I think it just your priorities change. Mm-hmm. Your priority is your kid. Like mm-hmm. it's the well-being of your kid. Yeah. And then if we don't have kids, then obviously we're not in that same life phase or interest. Well, so the trick yeah. I'm hearing is to have kids all at the same time <laughs> like those movies where they're like oh like we're best friends and we all had kids like yeah. in this no, small town yeah. <laughs> but that might be the only way yeah I mean I don't think that's gonna happen yeah. with me and my friends because we're all in different phases and relationships you never know so you never know but maybe you know we'll we'll be different oh I don't know <laughs> 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 Like way too far in the future. For you guys, yes. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's not that far. <laughs> My dad literally told me yesterday that I am on a mission to find a man. You are on a mission. <laughs> and uh, if you find someone you like, you have to be aggressive and attack. <laughs> Oh my god. Yes, I'm not even kidding. He was even like, you have to call them and ask them out and then be like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm being aggressive, but my dad told me to be aggressive. (laughs) I feel like I'm listening to like a different version of what my mom tells me. Oh my god, yes. But at least you're younger. You have time on your side. Still, like Latina, like culture, like Latina culture is like different. Like they want kids now. They want a boyfriend, a marriage, like everything now. Yes. You guys like to get married early, right? Usually. I feel like it's more common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to work with a lot of Hispanic people at one of my other jobs. I was 22 at the time and I just graduated college. They would always be like, <laughs> Tina, Tina. Get your kid now. Get your kid now so that you can (laughs) go through the 18 years and still be young when they're old. So I'd be, what, 40 by the time they're 20-something. And you can, like, travel, enjoy your life. Yeah, and then I can still enjoy my life after, but the kid would already be grown up. Which I guess is a very different perspective. Yeah. But I was just like, I've never heard that before. No, yeah, that's what they would always tell me. You want to be, like, a young mom. So you can continue to be a young mom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, though. I feel like I definitely want to be older just because I feel like there's a lot of maturity that needs to Mm -hmm. be. I agree. Yeah, same. I don't know. I feel like 
me being in therapy and having the need to go to therapy and like freaking out for like little things (laughs) just probably means I'm not ready for a kid right now. (laughs) I want to say freaking out over little things. There's a reason why these things trigger you. So it's just trauma that's being. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you're working on yourself, so that's yeah. nothing bad. True, true. Yeah. At least I can admit it. The first step to accept, first step <laughs> is what acceptance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Not denial. Not denial. Yeah. Well said, Steph. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> exactly. I also have another question, Sophia. Did you have a choice when you moved back to Guatemala two years ago? Did you have a choice in that? Like, could you have stayed in America if you had wanted to, or you kind of had to move back? So my original plan was not to move back. I don't think that I envisioned ever coming back to live here. I know when I was in high school, my mom and I talked about if like things didn't work out with our legal status, I would probably come to Guatemala and do my university here. And then obviously would have to live here. But I think after that hurdle was passed with college and stuff, I never envisioned my life in Guatemala again. And I think what made me want to return was like seeing my mom happy. I think that was like very important to me. Most of our lives has always been the two of us. So I feel like even though like I did have some family over there, it was just... It wasn't going to be the same without my mom. And then also, if I stayed in the U.S., I wasn't going to see my mom for like, I don't know how long. So I feel like that was also a motivating factor for me to move here. And then also here, because I studied internationally, the status that I had here would be completely different from what I would have in America. So I feel like even the job I have now, I get a lot of projects and stuff because I studied internationally and because of my English level. So I think that gave me opportunities that I wouldn't have over there. That's really sweet that you went because of your mom. I know. (laughs) I feel like you and your mom have always been like Gilmore Girls, like, you know, super close. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Uh, I did start watching Gilmore Girls because of that, but then it got too toxic and I was like no <laughs> okay bad comparison <laughs> well, yeah. never seen it. Oh, well at first it's wholesome like they're super cute they finish each other's sentences but yeah I guess we also want to ask what's your relationship with your mom like and like how close are you guys because I mean I personally can't relate I love my mom but we are not as close as you and your mom um I feel like yes we're definitely very close we shared like a lot of experiences together and a lot of traumas and stuff like that. I would consider myself to be close with my mom. However, there's always going to be like a certain barrier or like a certain, I don't know, like I want to say it's like respect. We're like, obviously, I'm not going to tell you everything about my life, you know, but I'll tell you like everything that I'm comfortable telling you. And I think that's worked well with us. Obviously, she definitely confides a lot in me, which I truly appreciate. Um, and I also confide a lot in her, but there are definitely things that I like don't feel comfortable sharing with her or like not completely sharing. Sophia did a lot of that in college. Hopefully your mom doesn't listen to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would go out and then Sophia would tell her mom like, hey, mom, I'm going out like here are like pictures of our outfits or whatever and then like all of a sudden at 11 p.m at the club she's like texting her mom like hey mom just getting in the uber we're going home Aww, that's so cute she's like i'm home now <laughs> my mom would love that. i also feel like i did that because i didn't want her to worry you know like i wanted her to be like okay like she's safe like she's good and then i knew that if i like texted her at like 1 a.m or 2 a.m or 3 a.m whenever we were coming back she was gonna be worried so I feel like, nah, <laughs> let's not do that. Wow, you're like, you're the best daughter ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to have a kid like you if I ever have kids because <laughs> I definitely did not do that. <laughs> it didn't always work out in my favor, but like, I think it helped a lot in a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah, nowadays I definitely don't need to do that, but. Oh, because you live on your own. Yeah. 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 But she's still worried still. Yeah. 
Yeah. How was your relationship with your uh, stepfather? It's pretty great. But you know how they say, like, you're dating someone with a kid. You want to, like, gain the kid's, like, love and respect and affection because that's how you're going to gain the mom's, like, affection, you know, and, like, love. And I feel like that's worked with me. I see how happy my mom is and I see how much he provides for her. So I feel like that's what made me love him and, like, be so close to him and confide in him because I see how he's with my mom. So as long as my mom is happy, I'm happy. And I think also we're both cancers. So I think we're both like very in tune with our emotions. Um, And I think that's really (laughs) helped as well. Like, I don't know, we're like good at expressing our feelings for each other, which is nice. That is so beautiful and wholesome. (laughs) Wow. Coming from an Asian background and Asian culture, we don't communicate our oh. feelings for each other oh all. yeah you're right yeah well i think i almost probably forgot do. listening to <laughs> <laughs> i was just like wow we don't do that yeah now that you bring it up though you're right i mean in asian culture i mean we do say like oh like love you like we huh? love you well, no like, no oh. not me <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like you're definitely more Americanized, those stuff. Yeah. Like your parents know English. They talk to you in English. Sometimes, yeah. From what I've seen. <laughs> but for me, no, we don't say love you. Like, I know my parents love me because of all that they do for me. But that's definitely not verbally said. And I just, I've just grown up like that. So for me, it would be hard to start saying that. Because it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it was really hard to accept compliments for a little bit because I'd always like laugh it off and then my therapist was like we need to like work on this and I remember like when Arnold and I first dated he would compliment me all the time and I just would be like super flustered I didn't know what to do and then I wouldn't compliment him back so he would compliment himself (laughs) I was like like he'd be like oh you're so great and like funny and I have beautiful eyes (laughs) Just so that you would agree and be like, yes. <laughs> Poor Arnold. You know what I really had a hard time like getting used to is saying I love you to my friends. For some reason, I thought that was like too strong of an expression to tell your friends. <laughs> you know, like, I really like you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I don't know. And I feel like, I don't know. It was just weird for me when I like started saying it. I was like very uncomfortable saying it, even though like I love my friends, like I, I obviously love them, but it's just like it's not something that I like attached to like friendship. It was more like family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand that too. Just me expressing my feelings in general is a little difficult, <laughs> but that's because I wasn't raised. Yeah. In that environment. Or, like, when I did, it was kind of like, oh, you probably shouldn't do that. Or, like, it's weird. But I don't say I love you to my friends. I say it over text. And, yeah, like, and I mean it. Yeah, but same. I would, I don't know, like, in person, love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, at game day, my sister and her friends are all like, love you. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. But obviously, I said it because I wasn't, you know, like, not going to say it back. <laughs> I was being very welcoming, which I appreciate it. But I'm like, I don't even know you, but I love you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely heard it from Steph a couple of times, but that was under Aww. different circumstances. I know you mentioned that you went to college here. You're getting your master's now. So can you just go into a little bit more detail about that and what you're doing now as your current job? Yeah, I'm at Berkeley. I went to Berkeley, obviously. Go, go Bears. Bears. I studied political science and legal studies because my original plan was to be a lawyer that was like my career path for like a good while I mean I definitely have an interest for it and a passion for it and everything but I definitely do think that it was very much influenced by my mom um, because I think she would have been a fantastic lawyer and I think that that's just like in like I don't know it was like embedded in me um so that was my original plan when I moved here, things changed um, just because it just didn't make sense for me to be a lawyer here. Like it, it would basically mean I would have to restart my whole college career, um, which I obviously did not want to do that. So I opted for a master's. And I think the one that provided me with the most opportunities 
was like an MBA. So I'm currently studying an MBA. I'm about to finish right now in December. And then I'm working at a business process outsourcing company in the uh, recruitment or human resources department. It has nothing to do with my career, but I actually really like it. It does have to do a lot with labor law and stuff like that. It also has a lot of like analysis and like human contact, which I really, really enjoy. I think it's so interesting how like in an interview or in like an assessment or something, like you're able to find out so much about a person without really like, you know, meeting them in person or like getting to know them like in in a profound level. Um, So I think I find that like very interesting. And I do want to like pursue another master's in human resources just not sure when like i gotta finish this one first damn girl first off congrats on almost finishing your first mba that's a super interesting topic though because i interview potential candidates Mm -hmm. for work and not being trained in it i just don't really know what i'm doing obviously i Same. just go with my gut or i looked up like good interview yeah. <laughs> right. and so for me i just kind of go with my intuition and just my gut feeling about them when i interact with them which is just a 30 minute interview mm-hmm. you know you like what can you get from a 30 minute interaction because i feel sometimes people can be good interviewer interviewees and not really perform as well which is kind of what I've been experiencing maybe I'm just really good at my job so lately (laughs) but I just find it so hard to to I don't know like see who is a good fit just from such a limited time with well I think that's also I mean I'm not sure how your recruitment process is or your selection process is but that's also where like a lot of the prep work plays in that you see a CV and you like already form your opinion of the person, whether they like look good on their picture, whether they like put their their contact information, because sometimes they don't put their contact information. Um, So it's like little things like that, you already form like an opinion of the person. And we're all as human beings, we're all gonna have like an unconscious bias. And that's just like something that we need to admit and we need to work on. But that's where I think a lot of like assessments like taken like are good to like filter all of those out. So in my job, we use a lot of specific evaluations. And obviously, it depends a lot based on the position. Like if it's if it's a more technical role, then you're definitely going to have like a more technical Excel based exam. Or if it's like more of like a trainer or like someone that needs to teach it like something like you're going to have like that mock session where you're going to be interacting as if you were in a classroom. So I think that also helps you form like an like an unbiased idea of what the person is going to be like in the role and also allows you to really see them in action. Okay. I don't actually do the prep work. (laughs) I would say there's no prep work. There's like negative. They're like (laughs) admission, like how to to get in. This company like has a pulse. I also feel like that's where a lot of companies fail because you need to, in order for you to like be successful, in order for you to like, be innovative you need to be able to like create like recruitment processes where you are going to be like obtaining the correct candidate and that's more than just whether you vibe with them in the interview or not or whether they sell themselves really well in the interview or not and I also like I like don't trust people that sell themselves really well in interviews like I just don't like I need hard facts and like numbers and like examples. That's how you're gonna like sell yourself to yeah. me. You're not gonna sell yourself to me to like, by like talking things like in a very vague manner. That's very true. That's a good tip. That's yeah, fine. just come out with more facts. I also feel like out of the few interviews that I've done, like this one person that I talked to. I asked her what she did for fun and then she started talking about volunteering and it's like cool like you can totally volunteer for fun but like you're not like it just seemed like she was trying to give me an interview answer like I was like you can totally talk about that in another way like if I asked about leadership bring up volunteering like I do it every Sunday I lead a group of like five people this is what we do cool I'm asking you what you do for fun and she's like oh volunteering (laughs) 
yeah that was definitely a, a fake answer yeah i'm like okay i, I mean what were you looking for though like clubbing and drinking <laughs> No, sorry that's what I was gonna say as well like when you're formulating like an interview question you first have to think about like what skill or like what competency you're trying to evaluate and then form your question well okay with this question I was trying to see if she would be like oh I really like going on hikes and like biking or walking (laughs) are you interviewing her for the gym (laughs) well if she said that, I'd be like, cool, like, she's really driven, you know, she takes like care of herself, you know, work-life balance, she's like me. <laughs> These are trick questions, Steph. Are you like yeah. me? <laughs> no, but I would like Is she like me or not? Formulates question. No, but I would have been so happy, you know, like, I... I was, you know, like it didn't have to be spin. It could have been anything. <laughs> so they were like, oh, I like to watch Netflix. I'm a big movie person. They're like, I uh, love trivia. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that would have been an, not equally good, but like almost as good as the activity answer. <laughs> but yeah. Those poor people. <laughs> But Tina, like back to your point, I think using your gut feeling is definitely very helpful. And I, I do that on a daily basis. But it's also like, but you do need to do the prep work in order for you to like confirm that gut feeling. Mm-hmm. So in my case, or I guess in our case, the ma- our managers are the ones screening the candidates. And then if the candidate passes their screening, then we get to interview them. So that's, and then I just look at the CV and based off the CV, I'll ask my questions. Oh, I don't even ask any questions from the CV. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like totally left wing. (laughs) Yeah, what do you like to do for fun? (laughs) Volunteering? Nope. Wrong answer. There's a right and a wrong answer. You gave me the wrong answer. Oh my god. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, well. What is the dating scene like in Guatemala? What are the guys there like versus American guys? Okay. Spill the tea, okay, Sophia. I wish I had tea to spill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, I mean, stuff, stuff oh, knows. No. Um, I think the dating scene here, oh, it's, it's difficult because it, they're very much into, like, machismo and all of that. So I think mm. what I've noticed a lot is that infidelity it's very common. It's very common. Um, and it's like within your workplace, like outside of your workplace, like anywhere. Or I don't know if that's just the people that have like been around, but infidelity is very common. And I don't know. I feel, I feel like in my place of work, there aren't that many few guys. <laughs> Same girl. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, and then also I think Steph knows this. Like, I feel like I have like very like high standards. Oh, yeah had like a relationship before and I feel like I learned a lot about that relationship on like what I want so I feel like I want someone Mm -hmm. who's like that person does not have to be rich like economic status does not matter to me but they do have to have ambition and they do have to be someone that is like at my level or more so I feel like that's like a key part of my like checklist or not even checklist but just like of my standards like I feel like I need that and then I also want someone who's like close to their family because I feel like that's that, that's always like a good indicator that the person is like a good person. I don't know that they're the humble because I hate people who are not humble. <laughs> mm, same, mm-hmm, same. Mm-hmm. Says the girl who was like, oh, they yeah, totally into yeah. me. <laughs> they totally like me and not my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know it's definitely the opposite. So yeah. And I feel like the industry that I work in, you don't see a lot of those type of people because call centers are mostly 
for like young university students who are like trying to like get started with their work experience or people who have been deported who have good English level. So I think the standards are like not that high. So the people that I surround myself a lot with, yeah, and like the operations side are like not people who like I would normally go for. Um, and then all of the the admin people, most of them are already in relationships, which I guess based on my previous statement doesn't really matter, but it does to me. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so I feel like that's been an issue. And then with college, well, I, with the masters, like I, I, I hardly got to know anyone. So yeah, I did read in Modern Romance, which is a book by Aziz Ansari. And I definitely recommend it to anyone who is currently on the dating scene right now. But in a lot of more romantic cultures mm-hmm. where romance is very highly valued, the, there is a lot of more infidel, infidelity that goes on in those type of cultures. Yeah. And a lot of it is like uh-huh. Spanish-speaking cultures. I guess because, yeah, if you have probably the mindset love triumphs mm-hmm. all, like yeah. there, it kind of leaves behind that logical side yeah. of you. Which makes it makes it like so you can fall more in love with the person you're with or you accidentally fall in love with someone else. I feel like, yeah, that that was exactly what I was going to say. You like glorify love. So then Mm -hmm. like nothing is going to live up to it. Yes. I kind of remember an example in the book that he cited was let's say there's a man and he's trying to get with the moment and he's flirting with her but she's just like no I'm not interested so he'll be like oh of course you'll be interested I'm like so romantic I'm this I'm that so he's gonna keep trying to go for her despite her being resistant because he's raised in a more romantic culture where romance is more I don't know alive or, yeah, yeah or yeah. like more valued maybe yeah but I guess that means like multiple loves too <laughs> I guess I don't know. I feel like me dating, I don't date much. And then I like listen to Matthew Hussey sometimes. Mm, yeah. I love him. And I feel yeah. like he, he says something that it was really impactful to me, but it was like invest in someone, like invest in you. You need mm-hmm. to have like that balance for it to like even have a shot at working. Steph knows, but I've like tried to do that so hard with one particular person I need to like constantly remind myself of that you need to invest as much as they're investing so if they're not investing you should invest mm-hmm. yeah it has to be reciprocal I feel like yeah otherwise it's not going to mm-hmm. work out for sure yeah yeah I mean do, is there online dating in Guatemala oh or is yeah it like the apps I feel like yeah is that I haven't heard about it being that popular <gasps> And what? the people that I know that have dating apps are people who want to date international people, want to date someone who like lives in the US or like uh, want to date someone who like lives in Europe. Why? I think because, and this is I think with a lot of the Latin cultures, you kind of idealize the European connections or like the American connections. Here, everything that comes from America is fantastic. It's like you want anything that comes Mm. from America. Anyone who is not, I don't know, like not proud of the roots or something always wants to equate themselves to like a European. For example, I like know people who are like, oh, like my family like comes from Spanish ancestry. So like I'm basically Spanish. And it's like, no, you're freaking Guatemala and like stop trying to pretend like <laughs> like I don't know it's just like things like that that I think that we glorify a lot like anything that's not within our culture or like within our country so the people that I know like that have dating apps that's like their objective um and then also I feel like it's highly dangerous I know it's dangerous in America as well but like here there, like obviously there's like a lot of crime and a lot of kidnapping and stuff like that. So you obviously like don't want to like be telling your life story to a stranger, like the details of your day to day, if you like don't know them. Um, so I have not embarked on that aspect of dating, and I don't think I would here um, in Guatemala, especially, and even in America. Like I hardly ever use it. I had like Tinder for like two weeks and Bumble for like about the same amount of time. Yeah, I remember that you 
Yeah, you never use the apps, but I was always like a frequent. <laughs> I was a frequent user. Oh, like I said, freak. <laughs> oh, no. I no. You never know. But you said you you were always a freak on the maps. <laughs> no, I said frequent user because you. I don't know because you use it not just for romance, but you can use it to make uh-huh. connections. Yeah, guys, but it's mostly for romantic or physical (laughs) connections. That's so interesting to me. Just because online dating here is so normalized, yes, of course, it can be dangerous, but I feel the stigma behind online dating and the danger concerns aren't as big of a concern as they are now. Because, you know, you just kind of meet in public and... At least the first few days. And I think it's also because it has been normalized. Like, I think here we're definitely not not there yet. Um, It's definitely not normalized. And the people, there's like one couple that I know that didn't meet online. And they didn't even want to admit that they met online. Like, they made up this like whole story. Because of the stigma. stigma. Oh, wow. If they only knew. Well, in America, it's very popular. I know. So. I know, but also it's like America is so much more freer. Yeah, like it's just like a lot of their like your or like your thoughts are very, very much like open with like homosexuals and like all of that, like that type of community. Like it's very common over there and here it's not. You don't want to really talk about it. And like even tattoos, like things, things are not as controversial. Tattoos, like a lot of people here, like we're just starting to normalize more people having tattoos. Um, but before that, it was like if you wanted to have like a good job, you better get a tattoo where it's not visible or you better not have tattoos. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nowadays, I see people with sleeves all the time at work mm-hmm. and it's no one blinks an yeah. eye. I mean, here yeah. it's starting to get like that, where it's like more common and like it's not really taken that much into account. But physical appearance is definitely very much a factor, and age too. Yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> no, you're not. You're <laughs> fine, Tina. You're fine. <laughs> okay, Sophia, it was so great having you on. I think that wraps it up for the episode. Is there anything else that you wanted to plug on your social media? Um, well, you can follow me or find me on Instagram as Princess Sophie's. I might or might not accept, depending on whether I know you or not. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to like talk to you guys, and it was nice to meet you, Tina, because I have not met you. So yeah, same. Yeah, and you can follow us at Friends After Five, Tina at Tina Honey with two Y's, me at Steph Cristobal. Okay, bye guys. Bye.